Welcome to AWS She Builds Tech Skills with your hosts, Candace and Jigna. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of She Builds Tech Skills North America. I'm Candace Bohannon, and um, I'm excited to be here with you again today for another one of these shows. Um, I am a solutions architect at AWS, and I'm based in the Minneapolis area. Um, worked here at AWS for about a year and a half. Um, I think this is my third, fourth, maybe fifth, kind of depends on how you count the episodes, but I've done a few of these now, but I'm in a new space. Um, so I have an official office and I'm really excited about that. Also really excited to be here today with my new essay friend, Jigna. She and I were on an episode a couple weeks ago. Um, and so now this is her first episode to co-host. So we're here today. Um, Jigna, can you kind of introduce yourself to the audience and tell us what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Andis. Uh, my name is Jigna Gandhi. I'm a senior solution architect with AWS based out of New York office. Um, I've been with AWS for a little over two years now, and I primarily work with uh, digital native business customers in US East region, specifically fintech customers. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone knows, but digital native basically means that customers who have been leveraging AWS cloud for many years and kind of have like mature or modern workloads running in their uh, AWS infrastructure. So that's what I do. Uh, like Candice said, I'm new to Shiva's program, actually. In fact, this is my first of a kind uh, episode, like co-hosting. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, I joined Shiva's because uh, I honestly believe in inclusion and diversity, uh, bringing more women in technical roles. And I feel one of the way to do that is bringing more uh, other women leaders in front of you, right? You know, hear their stories, hear their challenges, their struggle, and learn from their experience how they were, you know, able to achieve the success. And I think it gives so much comfort to someone who is new, someone who is, you know, aspiring to be in the similar role. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why I joined this program. I'm so excited to be part of this and uh, be with be uh, with every one of you here. Uh, we have one more another member from our team today, uh, our moderator Tamara, who will be in the background addressing any questions you may have. So please remember to post your questions in the chat. And also Candice would be uh, putting some banners for some important things. I just love the way how she does that. Um, I guess she'll be putting more of those banners uh, for anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but the banners are probably one of my favorite <laughs> parts. So I get kind of excited to make all of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like Jigna said, if you have any questions, comments, you know, drop them here in the chat. Um, we will try to address those as we go through. Um, one of the first questions we want to ask that we've teed up for you, maybe we can talk through, is how do you maintain work-life balance? So just one of those questions that people talk about a lot. Um, so if you have thoughts on how you do that, post them here. Um, and as we kind of wait for some, some comments to come in, Jigna, maybe you could tell us what you do to maintain that balance. Um, actually, I won't say I'm perfect at it, but uh, one of the things that I started doing is just putting 30 minutes block in my calendar every morning. Uh, like 9 to 9.30, and I utilize that time just to prep for the entire day. I have my breakfast at that time so that I'm not missing on my breakfast. Sometimes I miss lunch because when I have back-to-back -back meeting, it's so tough. So what I started doing is putting 30 minutes in the morning and then maybe putting like one hour in the afternoon just to have like a proper decent lunch. And I know it's very simple, but then 
I feel it's so effective because end of the day, I don't feel stress. I mean, I feel so much happier that yes, I was able to achieve something. Mm-hmm. How yeah. about you? Um, yeah, so I love lists. I love a plan. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a freak about like Kanban boards and Scrum and stuff like that. Um, I'm also a big fan of bullet journals. So my bullet journal is always next to me and I don't really want to show you all the things in it. Um, except for this cute little spread that I drew. But every day at the beginning of the week, I go through and I write out what am I going to do. And that includes home stuff as well as work stuff. So, you know, what's for dinner that night? Who has a track meet? Um, All of those sorts of things go in this one spot. And so that's one way that I kind of keep track of it. And then knowing that I'm achieving things, you said something about that, like knowing that I can check things off, that makes me feel really good to have those done. So for sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't see any comments from the audience and that is okay. Um, if you do have questions or want to talk more about work-life balance, feel free to drop those right in. Um, and we can come back to those as we go through. Yep. For sure. Yeah. I guess we are ready to dive into today's episode. Um, we have a really interesting story about FinOps and cloud optimization at Nationwide. And we are going to interview their director of cloud optimization, Ursula Lavik. Uh, Nationwide is one of the largest insurance and financial services uh, organization in the United States. So we are going to be hearing a little bit about Ursula's background, some of the various uh, roles she had in her career, and how she implemented FinOps framework at Nationwide. Let's hear the first story. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Builds Tech Skills North America. Today, um, Jackson and I are here with Ursula Levesque, um, a director of cloud optimization at Nationwide. And we're really excited to talk with you about how you optimize your cloud spend at Nationwide and what you do, how you got there and things like that. So as we kind of just kick things off, Ursula, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your background, how you got to where you are today, and maybe even a little bit about what it's like to be a woman leader in tech. So as Candace said, I lead cloud optimization at Nationwide. Um, I have over 20 years experience leading across finance, data technology, operations, strategic execution. Um, I most recently was a VP of finance and strategy in a small national data and technology company where I owned product roadmaps, financial strategy, and operations across the organization. Prior to that, I I worked at um, Nationwide in finance, and I um, was actually responsible for building a tool Um, that supported an enterprise-wide technology optimization effort. Um, And then um, before that, I did lead cloud optimization at Cardinal Health. In all of my roles, I I built systems of technology, people, and processes. And really, I solved major data issues at the source. And then this allowed me to build this operational excellence model and drive um, strategic execution And so, Candice, when you say, how did that, how have you arrived here? Um, It's interesting because sometimes I get asked, what is it that you do? I don't work in finance. I don't work in data. I don't work in just technology. So it seems almost perfect that working across all of those historically siloed functions have now led me to cloud optimization. 
and it feels like a perfect fit. Speaking to the, you know, what is it like to be a, wo- a woman leader in technology? I am dealing with things that are new to technology. We're bringing financial data into technology. I'm also a female leader in a typically male-dominated space. So um, although that can be challenging, it's also very exciting. And I've been fortunate to find the mentors and the sponsors who have driven that strategy and that approach, who have believed in my work um, and, and really have been open to just a different perspective. I would say um, in my current role, my boss is um, completely curious and, and wants to ensure that my experience is positive and I'm, I'm able to do the work that I need to do. I like how things just fall into place. So, you know, you got to this role that probably didn't even exist 20 years ago when you were starting out. Um, and now you're in a role that's a really great fit and you found all these great sponsors and mentors along the way. So um, I think that's really inspiring and, and helpful for our viewers to hear about. Thanks for that. I cannot agree more. Pretty inspiring for sure. I mean, I, I think also I really like the, the point that you made about the diversity and, and inclusion. And, you know, I, I'm just so glad to hear your perspective on this as well, right? Um, and pretty impressive resume. So just to kind of maybe dive a little deeper into some of the points that you made, you know, what does your group at Nationwide do? In a nutshell, we bring financial accountability and visibility to a variable technology spend. And when you think about that, that is new. We really enable our stakeholders to gain the visibility and the expertise. We not only do things for them, we do things with them. And our goal is to enable our stakeholders to be able to manage their own cloud environments to get the most value of every dollar. I'm a firm believer in really understanding the behavior of the application. So who knows that best other than our stakeholders? There are lots of things that we do, uh, but in the end, that's the most important thing that we do. That's pretty impressive. And those stakeholders are usually who? So our stakeholders are um, not only our application owners, which a lot of people call business units. We also have stakeholders in architecture, in finance, in procurement, Um, And then they go up and down the layers of the organization. And we're um, fortunate to be at very strategic conversations. That's amazing. Pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, being able to impact that broad um, spectrum of of stakeholders, that's that's pretty impressive. But of course, if you're going on such an important journey, it is important for the entire organization to come along. So thanks for sharing that. So can you talk a little bit about more, a little bit more about why you think FinOps is important and like what are the business drivers, um, the different challenges that you run into? I want you to kind of direct this to other companies who are looking at FinOps. Why do they need this in their life? FinOps is so critical. Like we've talked about, it's it feels new. We're merging financial and technology data in a way that we've never merged before. Um, and a lot of times we're doing that real time. We're not doing it proactively. Uh, companies are realizing after they migrate to the cloud that data and metrics don't always sync up. And so there's just so much uncertainty and really um, no experience in some of these areas because it is so new. And I really think that drives a lot of our stakeholders. They are very um, dynamic and interesting in what they're building in the cloud, and yet they still have blind spots. 
we speak about this a lot. And the one thing you hear is just that uncertainty. And so what FinOps does, and, you know, I would even argue that it's FinOps plus that next step, which I call optimization as a strategy. But what it does at that first level is it brings some structure and standardization and some knowns and visibility into what we feel maybe uncertain or a little bit nervous about. And so when you have those tools and they're real time, then those real time cloud charges don't feel as um, scary, I would say. We heard from Jay, right? Who we were talking to, you know, I think we're gonna be talking to Jay in the next episode, but he called you a, a, I used a very peculiar term, a forensic accountant. So can you tell us how, you know, you stay current with trends and tools you use to see, you know, what's happening from a cost perspective in your AWS accounts? So the secret to this is that is a little bit boring. Um, what I say is that FinOps to me is really not new. And so cost accounting is not new. Optimization as a philosophy is not new. We've been optimizing technology from a performance perspective for years. It, it really, that forensic accounting is based on these tried and true principles across all of those areas. When you think about finances, one of the first things you do is look for trends or changes in behavior, changes in numbers. So that forensic accounting, for me, I can quickly zero in on when an application has changed behavior from what I've been seeing for three months or a year or whatever that may be. And then just thinking about data and technology in the same way, applying basic principles of optimization and data models and ownership um, allows you to um, resolve some pretty major anomalies and issues in, um, for one example, less than six hours, just by using some basic principles. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive being able to use it like basic principles to like reduce that much of a down of a, a time to get to end of value. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, so kind of digging a little bit more on on the metrics and things like that, like six hours. Wow. That's a pro I would imagine that's your fastest win. Can you talk a little bit more about other metrics that you've looked at to kind of to track how you're doing over time? And how do you know that your team is really doing a good job? There's there are a lot of metrics in the cloud. We all know that uh, we have a lot of data. We have a lot of metadata. We have volume. We have costs. And again, we go pretty basic here. I always start with month over month invoice. And I look at that as a, at an enterprise level, but I also dig into each of the account areas and the applications, which of course is dependent on your tag quality. We really um, drive that. When you think about a net zero month over month, it doesn't always tell the whole story. You don't see the expenses that you reduced and you don't see the new capabilities that you put into the cloud. And those exciting things that we're doing to deliver business value to our end client. And so not only do we look at that month over month, we then track what we call wins and that's cost savings, cost avoidance. I always report those out annually. Um, I think there's always this question of, if we stopped it before it actually charged, do we report on that? Absolutely, we do. And then savings is anything that we've incurred for over 30 days. It makes it very simple to tell this story. And I think the other side to that is we're able to say, 
we reduced these expenses and it enabled this area to build these new capabilities. So we track all of that. Um, we, we do have other metrics. Those are very basic and they, they've allowed us to um, start a lot of great conversations and a lot of what we call research projects to then execute optimization. Last year, we were able to avoid 40% co um, of costs um, in one year. That does include all of our basic optimization, new optimizations, and we added an additional 5% with some improvements in our savings plan strategy. We also had cost savings and cost avoidance of over 20%. Um, Jay will speak to some of those when you think about cloud native tools such as S3 intelligent tiering. And we also think about some of our other products and services that we say can go rogue quickly like a cloud trail or a cloud watch. And um, we really focus on that unexpected behavior. Very cool. Very cool indeed. I mean, you know, look, Ursula, you've taught you've taught me so much about FinOps. I'm, I feel like I'm, I gotta take this to every single customer now um, for the way you talked about this, especially in this kind of climate, you know, I can just see the value that you really bring into um, not only your organization, but you know, a lot of other organizations can actually benefit from this. And you also talked about what I really liked was those, you know, providing the business capabilities in the most financially viable way, right? Looking holistically, I thought it was actually pretty impressive. So if you now look maybe a few years ahead, you know, what, what's next? What comes next? I think it's maturing um, what we think about as FinOps into this optimization strategy across the enterprise. So optimization is an everyone topic. It's making sure that we're designing for cost upfront. It's making sure that we're provisioning in a way that we need to so we don't have to right size or terminate on the back end. Let's avoid that altogether. Let's have those conversations at the beginning. Um, let's make sure that our data strategy is set up in a way that we can merge finance and technical data for actionable insights. And so we can keep moving and have real-time execution. We're moving from a tell organization to an execute organization. Moving from FinOps where we're reporting out and maybe terminating and right-sizing to this optimization conversation across the entire organization. And while we're doing that, we're maturing our own practices. If we're asking our applications to optimize how they operate in the cloud, then we need to do the same things. So we are automating our own processes, automating things like chargeback from beginning to end with no manual intervention and, and no behind the scenes logic, automating our reach out to our stakeholders. There are things we tell them every month. And then the uh, manual touch is the analysis. You're not spending the time on those other things. Um, basic FinOps automation. Can we automate some of those basic activities of terminating and right-sizing across the organization so we can all move on to this next step and this next discussion about optimizing our applications? And then lastly, alerting on things that are not just basic anomalies, alerting very specifically to application behavior. And what we find is anomalies are wonderful and they have a, a built-in logic. But beyond that, we found some of our best cost savings in really understanding each application's steady state. And when we dig in, we find these optimizations that impact the entire enterprise. 
And we're able to execute on that for not just that stakeholder, but everybody else. Wow. I am um, excited. Yeah. Very, very exciting. I got to say, I really like the moving from tell to execute and automation, automation, automation as much as possible, really empowering the team. Pretty impressive and exciting. Yes, for sure. I'm a former DevOps engineer. Automate all the things. Um, why would you do something twice if you can just write a script for it? So, And I would add, too, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm also a firm believer in making sure that what we're automating is necessary. Sometimes our processes just need to go away. And so as we're moving from on-prem to lift and shift to operationalizing in the cloud, are we maybe carrying some processes that we can we can edit or remove or delete and automate what is truly impactful. That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Um, well, I think that we are, we're pretty close to time for our interview today. Um, this has been so very informative. I hope Ursula that you write a book or a blog or something that we can share with um, our, our viewers, because I think that there's a lot of good information that you've shared with us today. So I really want to thank you for being with us. Um, it was very informative, a, a great session. Thanks thank you for Ursula. having me. And just to take a quick minute, shout out to the team that I work with. They're also a wonderful group of innovative, creative, um, and and very critically thinking. Um, I couldn't do it without without this team. Love that teamwork. That's awesome mm -hmm. teamwork. Make the dream work. That's right. Thanks, Absolutely. Ursula. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Hi. That was so good. I was so much inspired by it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like a lot of what she said. What was your favorite part, Jigna? Um, actually, I have a lot of favorite parts. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, when she told about her background, I like the fact that how she got support from the mentors, her boss. I guess it's such an important thing, and I feel like I'm fortunate enough to have that in my current role as well. Having that flexibility, you know, to do what you want to do, <laughs> it's so amazing and so inspiring. Um. And also, like, how she thinks about, you know, optimizing spend, efficiency in the cloud. I think that's such a smart thing to do. Cost is such a delicate thing because if you don't control it, you, it can go anywhere. So it's so much uh, important to, you know, put um, the practices around it. Um, I would say let's, live, uh, let's dive a bit deeper on what we learned. But uh, before we do that, um, I would like to have, like, Tamara, if you can provide some links for Nationwide, you can go through their website. You can also check their careers page where you can, you know, see, like, what are the job openings that they have posted. And you can also connect to Ursula on LinkedIn as well. Um, to recap what we learned, um, I felt that the best way to put this is, like, how Nationwide put emphasis on merging financial and technology technology data together and also doing that real time. It's not manual, it's like doing it real time. Um, how they could, you know, bring structured and standardization around the cost, provide visibility with the tools and understanding the cloud charges, not only like month to month, but also looking at cost savings, cost avoidance. And the results were just pretty amazing. Like Ursula mentioned last year, they avoided like what, 40% of the cost in one year. That's so impressive. And I just can't put enough emphasis on like how amazingly like Ursula as the director of cloud optimization was, you know, able to implement this FinOps practices at Nationwide. 
um we also would like to invite our audience to share like what what resonated with you um what part of the video you like the most um what is something that you would like to also implement at your side uh feel free to post it in the chat um what are the key takeaways for you kindis yeah so i just i just really like ursula i like the way she approaches things um i like that her career was not 100% figured out at the beginning she's yeah. like oh finops is all this different stuff right like it, yeah it's finance it's cost but it's also data and it's it's engineering and it's it's a bunch of different things and she was able to kind of put together a, a really important piece of your cloud strategy just it wasn't like by accident it was the stuff that she was interested in that came together to make her ready for this job um where where she is today at nationwide so i think that's super important for everyone to note is that sometimes you may not know exactly where you're going but like you will find a job that is really good for you so i like that um i like the way she does her metrics she's like um so there are a couple things that she said, but the way that she does her metrics, like if, if you stop a cloud trail from going rogue in February, you count what you saved in February and throughout the year. Like that is so smart because if she hadn't caught that, she and her team had not caught that, then that would be on their, on their cloud bill. So I think that's really smart to do it that way. It's um, representative of the truth and shows the value. Um, the last thing that she said that I really liked um, that I can think of right now is um, like, yes, automate all the things, you know, I love to automate, like automate all the things. But sometimes you don't need the thing. Like we don't have to automate all the things that we did on-prem. Like it, you should change your, your thought process and the way that you approach things when you go from on-prem to cloud from time to time. So yeah, look at all your processes, pull it all out like you're gonna organize your closet. Um, but some of the stuff that you're pulling out of your closet can go in the trash. Some of it needs to be, you know, hemmed up or whatever. And some of it is still in your everyday uh, rotation. So, yeah. yeah, I like her approach a lot. <laughs> I can't agree with you. It's such an amazing thing to hear. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, what else do we have in here? Oh. So I don't know, have we gotten any good responses in the chat? Anything that really resonated with um, our viewers? Do we see anything in there? Tamara's all over these links. Thanks, Tamara. I don't see anything. That's okay. Um, let's see. So I do think it's important to kind of talk just a little bit more about what is FinOps. You know, it's not just the cloud thing of it all. Um, so here's kind of a little quote that I took from one of our, our blogs, actually. FinOps teams are trusted advisors to engineering teams. And it's not that they're just trying to cut costs and get your cloud spend down to zero. You also need to have a decent application that can serve your customers. So it's the balance of those things. And I think that's really important to look at. Um, her team, I think, is like seven or eight people, cross-functional type people. Next time, we'll talk to Jay, who's very much an engineer. Um, so I think FinOps is an interesting cross-functional area that people are, are getting more interested in today. So yeah. I think one of the other things that we're going to address in the next video is um, 
how uh, she was able to you know talk to different stakeholders uh, like she mentioned it's not just application stakeholders it's like finance procurement and so many other departments that you have so that's another thing that we would uh, dive a little bit more deeper into that like how how to you know work together as a team and you know focus on the same strategy yeah yeah and speaking of strategy, she's not just about what's happening today, right? She, yeah. Ursula is an amazing, um, I think she's an amazing thought leader in this area. Like I said, the way she approaches the metrics and things like that. She also, I found this blog or um, sorry, this podcast that she was part of. So it's all about what comes after FinOps. So FinOps is kind of understanding, you know, implementing those chargebacks and understanding how much you're you're saving and things like that but there's more, right? She talked about some of those things that come after FinOps, which is the question of the day. So we do this every episode. Um, we just kind of check to see who is paying attention. Uh, so if you are paying attention, you just might get a prize. Um, we want to ask you a question and whoever answers the question uh, first by typing in the chat, is going to get an amazing prize. So the question of the day is, oh no, do I have a banner for it? Say it, I'm gonna look. I can say that, yes. Yeah. The question of the day is, what is the next step after FinOps that Ursula's team is trying to tackle? I thought I put that in. <laughs> I didn't. Yes. So we'll give you a few minutes to think about it. I think we have like a five second delay on the live to when it gets you anyways. Um, what comes after FinOps? What did Ursula say she is going to do next? Give you a few minutes. And a hint would be consider her title. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's a good hint. Yeah. <laughs> And I really thought that I made a banner for that. I'm a little bit upset with myself for that. But while we wait for those answers to come in, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. Here's Jigna's um, LinkedIn profile if you want to follow and connect with her. Tamara, um, also the three of us did an episode just a couple weeks ago together. So you may have already seen our um, LinkedIn profiles advertised to you. Um, and then mine is, I have a fairly uniquely spelled name. So you can find me just a Candace-Bohannon. And, and we have a winner. Yes. That was so good. That was quick, actually. Amazing. Jack. Yay, Jack. Good job. Okay, cool. Well, Jack will find you after the show. And we are going to give you a very special prize that you can cash in for some good stuff. I don't know if we're allowed to say what the prize is. It's an excellent prize, though. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yep. Oh, Ruddick's World. MLOps is actually my jam. That's like my favorite thing to talk about. So I wish that you had said that like three minutes ago because I could talk about that for like actually an hour. I could send you a, a video. <laughs> um, so. Ah, I guess can activity just... fun here. It's better now. Uh -oh. I guess you got a little bit disconnected for a minute. I'm back. Can you hear me? See me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. It's perfect. Cool. Good. 
All right. Um, let's see. Any other questions from the group? Oh, sweater dude. That's an excellent question. Um, Okay, so the technologies behind FinOps, um, we will dive into those more in the next um, episode, get more about what exactly they use. Um, but when we talk about being just like a, the way that they are forensic accountants, um, I hope my connection is okay. It it's perfect, like yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, okay, so we could definitely have a data lake where all of that cost information is going into a data lake and then you can kind of pull it out um, for you. But AWS makes it a little bit easier for that um, where we have some tools available to you that are very easy to use, like um, like budgets is one where you can kind of set up thresholds that hit. Um, cost Explorer helps you kind of dive into how much am I spending on this exact instance in my account and things like that. So. It really depends on how deep you want to go in that. Um, even simple spreadsheets can be a piece of, of FinOps. I also would like to add about trusted advisor. I mean, trusted advisor have really good recommendations about saving plans, about reserve instances, because it checks your usage pattern and then it gives the gives the recommendation. Okay, this is how you should um, this is how you should you know optimize the cost. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good one. So, so we have um, things built in. Yeah. I guess we have Ursula with us. Uh, would you like to add her in? Oh, we do. Welcome. Hello, Ursula. Thanks for joining us. Can you see us? Can you hear us? Oh, technical difficulties. I'm going to take her off for just a second. Oh, this has happened before. Okay, we'll see if I can, if her picture shows up down there again. Um, and we'll add her back, but hopefully Ursula can join us. Um, and if not, I definitely recommend connecting with her, following her on LinkedIn. I'm going to add her to the stream. I don't think she's coming back, but... Yeah, I think we're gonna have difficulties. There she is, but not really. Shocks. Um, if it helps, Ursula, we can hear you clicking a little bit. But anyways, um, that's too bad. We'll tap dance for just a couple more minutes and see if Ursula can get her connections all um, working and stuff again. And if not, um, connect with her on LinkedIn. I think Ursula is great, as I've said. Check out Nationwide Careers. Um, they're, I don't know, I don't think always hiring is the right words to say anymore, but there are job openings available at Nationwide today. Um, reach out to us. Where's that banner? You can reach out to us. Oh, that's down here. She builds NA at amazon.com. Oh, I see Ursula again. Let me see if she's coming back. Ursula, I see you. Welcome. Can you hear me? Thank yes. You. Perfect. There you are. <laughs> Good. Welcome. Thanks for coming back. Um, we loved your show. So thank you for talking with us. And 
we're kind of waiting for some questions from the audience to see if there are maybe some some questions that they have for you. Um, Sweater Dude did ask about some of the technologies behind FinOps, and we kind of quoted out some of the um, AWS specific ones. And so like Trusted Advisor, um, Cost Explorer, are there other things that you would would add? Cost Explorer is a big one. We um, we use our Cur, and so Athena um, uh, dropping the Cur in our own S3 bucket and then querying the Cur is useful. Um, I I think that we don't get too complicated. Um, I think I shared this in the interview that we. Um, we use some high level data points and then and then dig. So Cost Explorer is great for that. Yeah. So it kind of is a data lake. That's what Sweater Dude kind of thought. Is it a data lake behind the scenes? And yeah, it's yeah. growing into one. Um, <laughs> and, and you can think of the curl like that. And um, honestly, a, a future state um, opportunity would be to build uh, visibility into that and um, and give access, but we're not there yet. Um, and um, just how we would do that with historical data, but definitely some options there. Cool. There is another question from Jack. Um, what is your tagging strategy? This is a great question. Um, I think this is twofold. There's a tagging strategy and then there is what really happens. Um, so tagging strategy, um, one, we we just have some guiding principles to point to source data. So we um, our goal is not to recreate data or even um, um, become the source of truth for data that already exists in our organization. And so our strategy is to keep the tagging basic, um, to have mandatory tags that make sense and pull those through the systems um, if you want, um, I, I'm wondering if you want specifically like which tags and what our hierarchy is, what are you looking for here? So there is like a 10 second delay. Okay. Some, there's some small delay. So we're going to tap dance for just a second. Let's say he's talking about hierarchy. I think it's a, um, I've done it a couple of ways in different organizations and I do feel that tagging at the account level um, and using default codes uh, really is a good tagging strategy and it works. There are outliers. Um, we, try, we try to solve for the majority and then deal with the outliers. And so some of the outliers may be, what about um, solutions that span across groups? That's where then you use your resource tags and so it's not an all or nothing, but if you create that account group and your default tags as your primary, um, you will still have to do some sort of resource tagging or policy, um, but the two work really well together. Cool. There he goes. Jack has great questions. There it comes. Do you automate tagging through infrastructure as code? Do you use cost allocation tags? Do you require tags? Config to flag resources? You could probably ask more questions, I would imagine, but that's all Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, and yes. And so um, we do automate tagging. Um, 
sometimes that creates its own issues when you're not pointing to source, source data or you don't understand your source data. Um, we do use cost allocation in our third party tool um, and we're working through um, some um, challenges with that. So what I will say is we do require tags. Um, we do um, flag tags. Some of this is our infrastructure team. So we do optimization. Our governance is shared across infrastructure, our team and security. Um, but we do flag um, tag compliance and we have that automated one thing that we're learning though is even our validators need validators so just ensure that the automation you have in place is doing what you intended and that if you built that at the time that you migrated revisit that and revisit your logic um, because orgs change services change how we use the cloud changes and sometimes the logic that you build um, into these tagging governance tools don't apply even after a year. Um, we do have mandatory tags. We, my recommendation is to keep that to a minimum number of tags. Um, it, it, um, when you point to source data, then your minimum mandatory tags should get you where you need to go with your data. Awesome. How often do you review those tags? Like, is that like something that you actually do like on a yearly basis or something, or do you just notice it and address it? So I've been in my role about a year, so I would definitely say a yearly basis right now. Um, but I, our tag validators run daily and more frequent than that. Um, we also have check and balance in some of our reporting. So, so the work that we do with our stakeholders is around tag compliance. When you're doing those things, they highlight if you have gaps in your governance tools. And so if you have validators and you're noticing discrepancies, the first place we go. So Candace, I would answer that a couple of ways. It's always a good, um, it's always good to review that prob probably annually. But if you build other um, systems and work streams like we've talked about, those things catch um, the gaps in your data and you can always then fix, you go there first. Cool. Um, we can wait if there are other comments coming in or questions coming in um, from the audience, let us know. But I have a question for you, more like career type, that side of things. Um, so just because this is, this she builds encouraging women in technology and all of those sorts of things. And I believe that it's sometimes hard for women to get started in tech and to stay in tech. That is a theory that I have. So what kind of advice would you give to yourself, knowing what you know about your 20 plus year career now? What advice would you give to yourself in, the, in those first two years of, of being in this world? Do not be afraid to speak up. Um, you're never going to feel like you're technical enough or that you're the expert at the table. But if you present value and you have a perspective, bring it to the table um, and speak up and use that voice. Um, also recognize that um, there are a lot of things that bring value to that technical conversation. And it's not always technology. Technology is definitely a piece of it, 
but it's all the things we even do in optimization. So um, have the conversation, bring the numbers, even if um, even if it's not received the first time, keep bringing it up. Um, it becomes relevant. Uh, we have the saying that it's not relevant till it's relevant, um, but keep driving what you believe in and it does become important. Awesome. Such yeah. a great advice. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would write that down for me for today. I, seriously, yes. <laughs> I was uh, I was yeah, taking notes while she was speaking, but yes, that's so amazing and so relevant. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any other questions from the audience? I don't really think so. What about you, Jagna? Do you have any questions? We should probably try to wrap this. We have five to ten minutes left that we could be on air. So. Um, I just have one question. Like, what's your favorite part about working at Nationwide? My favorite part about working at Nationwide is that um, it's the people. Um, there is um, diversity of thought and experience. They're very um, deliberate and critical thinkers. It works the way that I like to work. I like to solve problems before they become problems. And there are a lot of people at Nationwide that like to do the same thing. So we have really great working sessions and um, work through problems. And we're a big organization, so sometimes that's really challenging. Um, but the people are amazing, and um, it's been a great experience. They're open to perspective, and um, you can always find a, a, a good conversation or a working session to plug into. Um, so I, I really do enjoy that problem-solving and people part of it. That's amazing. Yep. Got to find your, find your group where you really click and that culture aspect is really yeah. important. Yeah. Cool. Any, I don't see any other comments and questions coming in from the audience, which is totally fine. Um, any other advice or any things that you would like to say, Ursula, before we kind of cut this to the end? I do want to drop in the link to your podcast again. So dropping that right here. <laughs> Um, yeah, anything else that you would like to say, Ursula? I think we covered a lot of it, so I'm good. Just thank you for having me. It's been a great experience. Good. We're so glad that you were able to do this and to share your knowledge with us. Um, uh, you know, Jackson was just like floored with all of what you shared in the last episode. And I think this year, especially, I think FinOps is going to get even more attention than it has in the past few years. Um, so um, we're looking forward to more content from you, Ursula, and maybe we can have you back on another show one day. So that is all. Thank you so much, Ursula, for being thank here. You. Thank you, Jigna. Thank, thank you, you so Tamara, much. all of the audience. Um, yeah, thanks.